Welcome to Split the Party on the Poor Decisions Network. I'm Rob Hart. Please enjoy our latest episode. Welcome to Poor Decisions. Nope. <laughs> wow. Ash, good night. No one, no one that could be part at all. Talking from here on out. <laughs> Welcome to Drunk Decisions. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, and good night. <laughs> good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to Split the Party on the Poor Decisions Network. That was great. Welcome to what? Uh, well, that's twice now I've done it. I did it once on the other show and I went, went to, uh, welcome to split the, nope, nope. The wrong one. Okay. Welcome to split the party on the Poor Decisions Network. Yeah. Got oh, it, it took me 40 uh, episodes. Okay. Whew. I am your host and game master, Nate Borges, and tonight with me are my usual crew of Split the Party, minus Josh at the moment, because he's got some stuff going on, and he should be joining us momentarily. But we're going to go around like normal and discuss what we're having. I am having my fat orange cat, all cats are gray in the dark, the white stout, golden stout kind of uh, I find it fantastic. I've loved the style for years, and if you listen to the other show, I've already raved about this, so let's not duplicate it. Rob? Say that name again? I think it was like three different cats. No, the brewery, I'm fairly certain. No, maybe not. I don't know. None of this makes any sense, because I can't tell which one's the brewery, and it doesn't really give a yeah, good just thing. Just say the whole thing again. Brewed and canned by Fat Orange Cat Brewing. That's what I thought. And the name of the beer is All Cats Are Gray in the Dark. See, when you said it all at once, it just sounded like the weirdest, like, uh, beatnik poem slash haiku. Oh, it looks pretty I cool. I just wanted to do a... Either that or, like, some weird Disney sequel. <laughs> it does not look like Garfield. It kind of looks like the Cheshire Cat, though. A little. A black, well... Hmm. No, that was purple, wasn't it? Yeah, dark violet, yeah. It was it's violet yeah, striped thing. Don't ask Steve. Okay. <laughs> it <Proud>. was great. <laughs> Rob, what about yourself? I am trying to keep my my ability to sleep going, so I am just having an apple cinnamon tea that I got. I notice an apple theme with you all the time. When you got a thing, you got a thing. Just saying, I'm the apple farmer. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm not. Sick of, I'm not sick of them the way you are. That's fair. <laughs> Katie told me not to eat any of the black apples on the ground the other day when we went to the farms, though. You know, she's very upset that there's though. no apples on the trees. I'm a little concerned about why she might have thought she needed to tell you that, Karen. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's like literally everything now has become a warning. Like if we warn her about something, she immediately warns us about something. Like she told me the other day, do not pull on the puppy's tail because he'll bite your hand. Let's unpack this for about 40 minutes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I need to come over and visit. Welcome to the psychoanalyst podcast. Right. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that, Steve. Karen, what are you drinking? I've got a Southern Tier Brewing Peanut Butter Cup Imperial Stout. And on the side, it just says Blackwater Imperial Stout. And I was kind of confused by that. And then I drank it and I completely understand now. It's basically just drinking a liquid peanut butter cup. It's pretty good, but Sounds definitely good. holds a 10% 
like punch on the back end. I have mixed feelings about that idea of drinking a peanut butter cup. Right? No, I, I do too, up. but it definitely <clears throat> tastes pretty good. It smells delicious. Mm. Not the hugest peanut butter fan, so that sounds like a personal help, but... I just remember, Jesse, you showed me that peanut butter protein thing once, and I thought that was a good idea, and I went out and bought one, and I think it's been four years, and I haven't used it once. In the meantime, I go through like three a year. <laughs> I am obsessed with peanut butter, though. So. Oh, it's a great idea. I was just like, I don't know if I want peanut butter water, like, to mix it. Like, See, it that's what I'm down on. It's the liquid part that you're getting Ooh, me with. Yes. <laughs> Do it with almond milk. It's great. That sounds delicious. Okay, Steve, what about you as you jump into this peanut butter? Creamy, uh, chunky. Uh, guys, we're all sounding very middle-aged right now. Um, I got Burlington uh, Beer Company. It we're talking is... about craft beer. Of course we sound middle-aged. I know. It's <laughs> called It's Complicated Being a Wizard. Double IPA. <laughs> oh, you lost me there. Yep. Yeah, it's he lost me in the IPA. being a wizard, and it's got fantastic... Uh, it, art on it. I like the line art. Yeah, it's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. But I mean, it's wizards, and I got it specifically for D and D, and really good. It's not uh, overly poppy um, like most double IPAs. It's actually got a little bit of fruit note to it. Kind of liking it. Like, I would try it. it. I love sours, so I would try it. Oh no, it's not like um, a sour. It's got like um, it's in the back. Like once you've taken the sip, it's like it's an IPA, but then but not hoppy. I would try it. Would you say it's a balanced IPA? Yeah, I'd say it's pretty balanced. Hmm. It's just the idea that, like, I I don't mind IPAs as long as it's not, oh, cool. You know, speaking of Josh, have a (laughs) hop pellet on your tongue. No, I want something like, oh, (laughs) it's hoppy, but it mellows out and it's nice, you know? Yeah, Yeah, I'm fine with that. This is probably one of my favorite purchases in a long time. (laughs) Oh, my God, Josh, did you just open that beer in, like, a giant cavern? What was that? <laughs> it was either a giant cavern or the beer is 17 times bigger than the average beer and it's just like... I... Josh coming to us from his beer cavern. I was going to say, welcome to Split the Party, now presented in Dolby Atmos. <laughs> Live to you from the bottom of a cave I just fell into. We're shooting Fry Max next week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think my echo on my microphone was up a little bit right when I popped you it. You think? I turned it down. <laughs> what was your first clip? <laughs> I mean, it's... You gotta save that for when we're actually in a dungeon. Yeah, like, no, I'm, I'm turning it into a drop, because I don't know if that's a sound I'd be scared of or intrigued to find out more. Like, <laughs> That's the sound of when we're in a cavern, and then all of a sudden, Rumbles is just like... <laughs> It's like, what What the fuck was that? Hey, it's just my liquid death, dude. I have to stay hydrated. We're literally trying to do a stealth roll in a cave. And Charrington looks at him. Well, I have to imagine this magic beer. What is it, Josh? Walking into a dwarven cabin sounds like. From Night Shift Brewing, it's the Whirlpool, the Hazy Pale Ale, courtesy of Steve. Ah. Yummy. Hmm. Fantastic. It is good shit. And Jesse, what about yourself? Uh, I am drinking a Superstition Meadery Electric Sunrise from Arizona, made with Arizona honey. That was a really big selling point for them. It's a bubbly Sangovese Piment. I had to look that up. It basically means fermented 
fruit and honey together. I don't know if they don't want to call it mead because they're hipster or they can't call it mead, but that's essentially what it is. Tastes great, smells awful. Probably has to so, be a certain percentage or something to be called to mead. <laughs> I, I almost want you to like send of honey. It's really good. No joke. I think you'd love it knowing uh, our shared taste in mead, Rob. <laughs> I think I think that you would really mm. enjoy it. Yeah, that mead actually no, sounds pretty fantastic. Right? It's good. I'll see if I can find it over. Uh, and, and and perhaps <laughs> send you guys some. I'll take a case. <laughs> so we were in the forest, right? No, actually, our party still nameless is in the city of Magnamar. Yeah, we're never going to name this party now. It's it's gone too it's, long. Yeah, that's it now. It's <laughs> yeah, you've been so mismatched now. It's hard to be like, oh, we're this group. No, no, you're you're everything. Untitled. But I just like I like ragging on about it. Just those untitled ass- JPEG yeah. inspector. We are, not, we are everyone. We are no one. No, actually, I I like the team name. Those assholes. I would love Electric Mayhem if it weren't copywritten. Yeah. (laughs) Dr. Teeth would kill us. That's true. I don't want Dr. Teeth to want to kill us. You still find yourself in the city of Magnamar, and after an exciting recap of book one and the adventures or misadventures therein from Rumbles. (laughs) (laughs) Best episode. (laughs) We then saw Gotara and Marigold going to have a little quiet time with each other and going to the spa relaxing and swapping stories about their past and what they hope to accomplish. We open up on day three now and what would anyone like to accomplish on day three? Yano's just starting to get really antsy. He can't stand that he's not doing anything, he's not actively hunting monsters like he normally does, but more importantly, you know, his cousin's killer is still out there. Effectively, he's starting to lose it, and I think the party can tell pretty quickly. He's pacing back and forth. Uh, he's not happy. Yeah, no, Shai, uh, you are getting uh, very easy right now. Whose turn is it to walk Janos? Anyone walk Janos today? <laughs> <laughs> oh, crap, I was supposed to do that. Uh... <laughs> I, uh, now, we, mentioned, you, we were going to get you a barbarian, but you had to take care of him. <laughs> Janusz will mention <laughs> that he'll, he'll probably want to check out that fighting pit he heard about, or try and find something. He needs to let off some steam, since this is taking longer than he expected. Marigold will offer to go along with Janusz, because she just needs to get out. The, in, the inspector continuously mumbling about fucking ciphers is driving her crazy. <laughs> so she just needs a she needs a minute. And uh, Rumbles will go with because there's only so long he can listen to the inspector just go Le poisson, le poisson. Starting off strong today. <laughs> okay. And with that. Every, every time he, uh, he figures something out, you just hear. Go turn is probably close to Homicide too, and doesn't want Yano should get himself killed, so she probably volunteered to come along too. Yeah, no. Okay, so let I me get this straight. So Yanosh wants to go to the fighting pits. Sounds like Rumble's gonna join him. Is Marigold going to the fighting pits? 
No, Marigold will kind of like walk down with um, Janos and the rest, but she has no real interest in the fighting pits. She'll probably want to like wander around the city. I know there was like mention of some of the monuments in the city and she's probably a little interested in the history. I do want to point out that Marigold is not going to wear her armor or bring around her shield because she's fairly certain at this point that she left an impression of her crest on someone's face. And if they know about the impression of the face, then they might be looking for said crest. So she's not going to have that on her at all. She's going to wear the new clothes that she bought when she was out with Gotara. And she's going to have her hair up and in this like kind of secretarial-esque like bun and a sheathed dagger um, tucked in her in the like on the small of her back. But otherwise, she's going completely unarmed and kind of touristy-esque, but without the map slash looking down at her phone, trying to figure out why Google Maps won't like reload in the middle of these buildings. Let's be honest, Dame Marigold uses MapQuest. But um, (laughs) 17 pages later. Now, I'm picturing the name with like that tourist map all the way unfolded. <laughs> Wearing the I Love New York t-shirt. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> with the um, fanny pack. It's like the fanny pack and then the knife. Janosh is also she, going she out to the cities. Manhattan. She's definitely in the Bronx. <laughs> A friend of ours uh, went to overseas for like the first time. And she was talking about how like, oh, you can't wear your fanny pack this way because you're going to look touristy. You have to wear your fanny pack this way. I was like, you're going to be in Greece and you're paler than ass. You're going to stick out like a sore thumb anyway. <laughs> Doesn't matter how you wear your fanny pack, my friend. They can also, spot let's just stop on the fanny pack. Wear a fanny pack. <laughs> Boom. Tourist. <laughs> right? That, that sentence does not need to go any further. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Well, speaking about going further, you guys, so you're going to go. Yes. Remember you said you want to come over. I said it wasn't a good idea. That's why. (laughs) You remember what happened last time. I'll do the cleaning. (laughs) Anyway, as you guys are going to move down through the city, uh, it sounds like Marigold's going to do some sightseeing and the other two are kind of accompanying her until they get to their destination. Yep. And before um, Rumbles leaves the uh, wherever we're at, he'll poke his head into the inspector and just go, uh... Mini me bien chocolate we and he'll just walk out. I'll take two. Thank you very much. I think that was half elven. <laughs> it was highly offensive. You have three. <laughs> works through his oh. Okay, so walking from the Low Cleft District, you can see the Mapstone Monument in the Seer Spring Garden. This massive marble monument, meticulously crafted, and yes, I put in a lot of alliteration for Jesse there, into a scale model of the city of Magnamar. There's a plaque in front of the monument that reads, Mapstone Monument, a representation of the city of Magnamar in exact detail, sculpted, maintained, and updated yearly by the Church of Abadar. Moving south from the Low Cleft District, you see the Keystone District. While impressive buildings line the main roads in the Keystone District, this is where the majority of the middle class live in the city. Numerous private houses called the Marches, as well as simple but sizable modest homes for people here. The complete opposite of the rest of the city goes, but the further south you go in the district, towards the Yandabakari River, the nicer the houses get, until they're right on top of the water, very impressive villas. This district is home to the Council of Farmers and Grocers, as well as the Guild of Apothecaries and Physicians. 
Walking past, you can see two monuments in this part of the city. The first, as you crossed over from the Sear Spring Garden, is an impressive fountain labeled as Our Lady of Blessed Waters. Sitting atop a beautiful natural spring, this fountain boasts crisp, clear, pure water. The statue itself is in the center of the fountain and is of a bronze woman with her hands clasped together. The black in front describes it as Our Lady of Blessed Waters. No one knows who built this monument or when it was built. No records show it being built on the city. It is thought to depict the spirit of the Seer Spring herself. The second monument you see as you move through is of a 50-foot tall human man. There's enough iconography around the city that you know without even looking at the plaque. This is Alcadian Indros, the founder of the city. And in fact, the statue is called Founder's Honor. He's the founding father and patron of the city. And it says, may ever be his love be with us all. Going even further south now, you're now crossing over into Kyra's Islet, but you can't help but look over in the direction of where the sawmill was. Now, while you can't see the sawmill from the main road, you can still see a lot of activity seems to be happening in that part of the city. While no guards are watching the roads currently, you feel the urge to pull up your cloaks and hide your face just a little bit more as you make your way by. And finally, making your way down to the Ordelia district, your party begins to split ways as they all hide in their shirts. I don't know what you're talking about. Smells good in there. Did we have to pull Rumbles out of the out of the fountain when we went past it? No, he didn't jump. No, in. he can swim. He can swim now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Miniri was the one who couldn't swim. So this you is where correct. you guys would split cat. off as the area where the fighting pits you, you were described as are going to be. All right, Yanosh is. Uh, I'm gonna go see what I can find. Yanosh says to the group. Good luck. Maybe we should meet back at that place the old sword that we went by in low cleft when we're done I'm just gonna take a look around may the everlight guide you and Janos will nod and kind of motion um, toward is Rumbles it <laughs> and then Rumbles will go off with Janos <laughs> I, uh, be careful Lass and head off with the other two <laughs> yeah she just kind of you know t- sorts of starts to wander around she doesn't interact with any people in uh, the city, she's just kind of taking in the sights as she goes. Janos heads off in the direction of the fighting pits while Marigold continues looking around at the sights. While Ordelia tends to be where most anyone who isn't human resides in the city, it is a very distinct from the rest of the city because of this diverse culture. Most notable is the embassy building, where officials from all other cities and countries stay when they're in Magnamar. The other notable site is a large marble sculpture of a cleric woman looking out over the Varesian Gulf. The plaque reads, Mistress of Angels, here stands the monument to Ordelia Wilren, cleric of Desna, who saved our city from a horrible storm and brought the people of the city together like no one has done since. After walking around the Ordelia district for a while, you find yourself in an area near the fighting pits. You want to go in and see how Ganosh is doing, you're a little curious, and you move in a little closer, but as you get closer to the warehouse, um, you know what, roll perception for me. 19. Okay. Uh, it's just then that you pass by a rather dark and narrow alleyway that's cluttered with debris and discarded food. And you can get the smell of rotting food and a wet dog with that 19. As the smell affronts your nostrils, you hear, You worthless piece of shit. I picked you up to fight, not to cower. Who knew that a wolf wouldn't be as ferocious animal? Every fight I lose money. And Marigold kind of looks down the alley and you can see a man in noble-looking clothes, but on closer inspection, their size too big and well-worn and threadbare. He's standing over him in an emaciated gray wolf. The wolf is riddled with wounds both new and old. 
Dried blood has matted down its fur and so dirty that it almost looks brown. The wolf is malnourished that its ribs can be counted if one were to only look slightly at its midsection. Its long, slender body seems to be hanging off its bones. The tail of this wolf is oddly short, as if it was cut off. The wolf shivers from the cold. The man has his belt in his hand and fresh blood trickles down his hand and wrist, probably from the fresh cut on the wolf's front flank. You there, sir. Why do you beat this poor animal? Perhaps you should be so heavy-handed with your punishments. It would have something to fight for otherwise. Stay out of this, halfling. You don't know shit about this. I won this wolf from a fight a few months ago. Thought it would be grand for the pits. Man said it would make me a fortune. All this she-wolf has done is make me a fool. I'll beat her till she's tender enough to make stakes out of, at least get my money back. And if you don't stay out of this, I'll beat you too. If he is attempting to go after the wolf again, Marigold is going to rush up and stand in between the wolf and him with her hands up. Just say, wait, wait, what about a new trade? 25 gold for this animal and the belt you beat her with. 25 gold? I won this in a contest worth at least, um, eh, 10 times that. Can I roll a sense motive? Sure. 15. Oh yeah, you can tell this man's lying. Fine. Sir, uh, 80 gold. Think of the loss in gold as the condition you're leaving this poor, defenseless animal in. You'll never get that much meat at the butcher. Fine. You can have her. She's more trouble than she's worth. And the man starts to walk slowly out the alley as he throws the leash down to the ground. Or the wait, belt. wait. What was her name? How the hells am I supposed to know? It's a piece of worthless trash like the rest of this alley. You're wasting your time. You're wrong. We were meant to be here. As you approach the wolf looking into its eyes, the eyes of this wolf are like two suns dancing in a murky sky. A low growl can be heard. She approaches until she reaches an area that's fairly devoid of debris before sitting on the ground, crossing her legs one over another. She picks up the belt and slices the belt into small pieces and makes a pile in front of her, placing the dagger on the ground putting her hands on her knees with the open palms up and she closes her eyes and waits. Saren Ray, guide me. With her eyes closed, Marigold can hear the wolf breathing heavy. Its breath very steady, but heavy. After a few moments, she can hear the wolf's paws thudding down on the streets, its claws clacking on the stone. She can tell that it's moving closer, but unsure of how far away it is. Suddenly, the breathing slows as Marigold holds her breath to listen in more clearly. She hears a loud thud and a shuffling sound moving towards her. After a moment, Marigold feels a warm but embracing furry head lay its head down in her lap. Marigold's going to support this wolf's massive head in her hands. It's like completely covering her, um, but is really surprised at how gentle the wolf is being. Uh, and she's going to open her eyes and stare down at the wolf's head. Uh, and the wolf would look up at her and she leans in and caresses the wolf's head and gently strokes around her ear. What a hard life you've had, girl. What did you even, how did you even end up here? What, what did they do to you? And she just sort of waits for an answer that she knows that the wolf probably can't give her. And then the wolf picks up its head slightly and gives a gentle lick to Marigold's face 
and puts its head back down in her lap and just stares up at her. The light of the dawn flower shines within you. Sarenway believes in you, girl. The goddess of redemption is found within you, as with me. We were meant for each other. We are bound. May the Everlight bring you the light, healing, and redemption you seek. Perhaps you were meant to join me on my quest for the Dawnflower. The wolf picks up its head and nuzzles it against Marigold's before laying back down. Marigold reaches under her cur collar of her shirt uh, and takes out her holy symbol of Sarenray from around her neck and holds it above the wolf's head. And she's going to pause for a moment with her eyes closed and one hand on the wolf and the other holding her holy symbol as she recites a prayer for the Everlight. And this golden glow is going to brighten from the holy symbol and emanate from Marigold's hand. And it'll enshroud the wolf in what she hopes is a warm bathing and soothing light. Uh, And the wounds of the wolf will begin to heal and close up. Uh, And this wolf, while it's still malnourished, she can't do much about that, will at least have all of her wounds healed. Uh, And Marigold will open her eyes once more, looking into the wolf's eyes, and says, You're in the service of Saren right now, the Dawnflower, the paragon of virtue and peace, but also to mete out justice for those who need it and stay the hand for those who can be redeemed. Should the healing light of her love ever be upon you as we protect our allies, protect the sick, the weak, the ones who cannot fight for themselves, putting all else in front of ourselves to help others. But first, we need to get you a bath. I think I'll call you Neela. Would you like that? As Marigold and Neela embrace a small flock of white doves perched above overhead, looking down fly over as this whole scene takes place. As the two embrace and find each other, they now fly off in the distance. Neela rises and tries to sit in the halfling's lap while licking her face. It kind of looks like a Great Dane sitting in a five-year-old's lap. If you can't see Marigold from behind Neela, but you can hear Marigold giggling like a small child. For the first time in a long time, she finds joy in something amidst all this depravity. And then she rises. What do you do? She's going to give Neela a boop on her snoot and then is going to continue walking uh, to see the sights and eventually meet up with the rest of the group. Okay. Very good. She immediately rips off her hand. (laughs) And now you now have your paladin animal companion mount. Yay! We might also stop by the smithy and get her something to wear. We're going to armor this one up. We're going to armor this one up because the other one wasn't (laughs) as armored and we needed to fix that problem. No, the last one was armored. The last one just got paralyzed. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Okay, so now checking in with Yanosh and Rumbles as they make their way down to the warehouse kind of area of the Ordelia district. Uh, You kind of, you know, don't know where you're going exactly but you kind of get a sense of it. It's probably that building that looks shady and people seem to be pouring in and out of. While the most prestigious fights in Magnamar happen up in the Alabaster district in the Great Coliseum of Serpent's Run, more down and dirty fighting happens here at Tessex. Yanish and Rumbles enter this den of activity. While not illegal to have a gambling hall and fighting pit within the city limits, 
the bets and the fights are not always on the level. The CD warehouse doubles as a gambling ring, and in the center, a 30-foot-wide sand pit is used for fighting. It is dropped about 10 feet, 10 feet into the ground with thick oaken walls surrounding it. To get in or out, one must be lowered in and pulled back out. Within the grimy depths of the underground fighting pits, Janos fights his way through each opponent with nothing more than his fist and foot. The fights are intense and unforgiving, with no break given and none asked for. Janos starts off fighting local ruffians, men that don't know any other way to make a living other than fighting. In most instances, this would be scary and intimidating men, brutes to most people, but they look initially at Janos and don't take him seriously. His small stature, demure, and unassuming posture. As Janos continues to fight in the pit, you see now he takes off his coat and he has well-defined arms. A few murmurs are seen in the crowd as they think they've now been hustled. The man in the pit with Janos jumps around with excitement and laughs at him. He bounces around like a boxer taunting. Janos carefully watches him but stands there unmoving. The man moves to Janos's left, then his right, jumps around to a front, jumps in, and then he jumps in the air to come down with a strike on Janos. But he steps out of the way and with lightning reflexes punches the man right in the gut. The man instantly doubles over from the unexpected blow to his midsection. Janos wastes no time and gives a massive right-handed uppercut to the man, which sends him flying backwards a few feet and he lands on his back. The man's now nose is now broken and he's spitting up blood, and as he lifts his head and opens his eyes, he sees a blurry image of this kid walking towards him before he lays his head back down and slips into unconsciousness. Janos stands as the victor. Now the crowd's sure that they are being hustled. Two more men jump down in the pit to go after Janos. Each opponent he faces is determined to take him down, but the monster hunter refuses to back down. Sweat drips down his face as he ducks and weaves, trading blows with his foes, never giving an inch. Though Janos takes a few hits, he is able to take out the local pit fighters fairly handily. We normally see Janos with his signature falchion, but he is a formidable warrior with just his fists. These fights are non-lethal, but that doesn't mean they're any less brutal. Wearing no armor and no equipment, the barbarian feels every punch and kick that lands against him, and he dishes out just as much punishment in return. With each man he knocks down, his opponents get tougher, and all that is heard from Janos as he fells another opponent is another. The fights get progressively harder in nature. As Janos now moves up the ladder from an opening fighter to premier fights, he starts fighting obvious gladiators. These men don't just swing haymakers at him hoping to connect. They size Janos up and plan their attack. The crowd cheers and jeers in equal measure, but the barbarian remains focused on the task, never letting himself be distracted by the noise. The fights increase in difficulty, but Janos' strength and tactics for battle serve him well as he fells opponents. Breathing heavy, he furrows his brow, stares up from the pit, and just says, another. It's then you see a man push his way through the crowd, a beast of a man. Standing nearly seven feet tall and arms as big as a man's waist, he jumps down into the pit with a loud slam that shakes the ground. The man, in a prime condition, towers over our barbarian with rippling muscles and veins popping out. Janos staring at this man, not sure if he's a man or a giant, but either way, he's his next opponent. 
the giant of a man slams his hands together and yells before running straight at Janusz. Rumbles, handedly eating popcorn, looks on. I assume you're eating popcorn. It's your favorite snack and probably Rumbles. Oh yeah, definitely popcorn. Always popcorn. Does he go for the kettle corn or? Uh, no more movie theater loaded up with as much sodium as possible wants to feel his heart almost stop popcorn and Gotara is drinking herself to death <laughs> I imagine she's like in between drinks like trying to trying to make sure you don't get yourself killed <laughs> okay so as this beast of a man comes running straight at Janos Janos rolls out of the way to his right and jumps right back up into a stance, ready for what comes next. As Janos spins around and sees the man stop and slide a few feet before turning around and charging right back at Janos. Janos readies himself, crouches slightly to make himself a smaller target, and as the man closes in, he balls up his fist and jumps up and sends a hook with his right hand across the man's cheek. As Janos lands, the man just wipes his chin, looks at him, and says, Don't do that again and he puts his hands together and hammer fist Janos right into the ground. Reeling from this blow, Janos stumbles back and gets to his feet, readies himself, wipes a small bit of blood away as the man comes at him again. Janos deftly dodges blow after blow, blocking some, but still doing a fair amount of damage to him. And it's at this point, Jesse, I would like you to roll for initiative. This will be interesting. <laughs> Starting off strong. Wish I had that for attack later, but 19. Uh, I got a 7. Woohoo! All right. Okay, Yanosh, oh, you go, go first. Yanosh is going to do a little bit of a, a rage situation, I think. Yeah, let's do a rage. Let's do a little bit of rage, and let's do a little bit of beast totem lesser. So, my hands are now claw attacks for the remainder of my rage, so let's do some damage, shall we? Sick! Yeah, that makes sense. The claw! Because barbarian. <laughs> that is a 29 to hit. Yeah, that hits the unarmed pit fighter. Good! I'm glad it does, because I'd be really scared. I rolled pretty or unarmored, high. <laughs> I should say. Well, he does have arms, so. Alright, that is... <laughs> Uh, let's see. Eight damage with the first pat attack. Okay. And 13 for the second attack. And 13. Very nice. So, this man just kind of takes your blows on the claws and looks at you for a moment and just kind of laughs. Uh, he now kind of stands up to you, rubs his chest where you just sliced him, and tastes the blood and says, now it's my turn. Oh my. <laughs> Pretty much. Janos, <laughs> not trying to look intimidated, prepares himself. <laughs> Harder, daddy. Dude's like so, two feet taller than him. <laughs> uh, the first thing he's going to do is he's going to make a trip attack against you. He's going to grab your foot and just try to trip you to the right to the ground. Gotar is looking through the insurance premiums on Janos. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know what your CMD is, and I know it's pretty good. 23. Yeah, I rolled a 19. Yikes. And I have a plus 15 to trip. 
Yeah, I think you tripped me, bro. <laughs> yeah. No, no, hold uh, on, let's run the numbers. Yeah, somebody uh, get out their abacus, please. <laughs> Uh, I also make a free attack on that because of feats. Uh, that will hit because you're you have shit armor, so that's a twenty-seven to hit. I have no armor. I have eleven AC. Holy fuck! If I had my full armor, twenty-seven would hit me almost twice. So. <laughs> so as you come down, he grabs one leg and he comes down and he just shoves his elbow right into your chest and slamming you into the ground, causing you 26 points of damage. <laughs> 23 DR. <laughs> Actually, this is where that original thing we got confused on. It is 20 because you have six non-lethal damage, correct? Hell yeah. This is I'll all non-lethal it. damage. <laughs> yeah. Won't die today. That's why go okay. hard on the audience. Don't die in the uh, first round. <laughs> so that's his turn. Oh, wait, no, that only takes up his first attack. You sacrifice one attack for a trip attack. So his second attack. Does that include his attack too? So trip and the, attack, and then he gets another attack? So it's funny. So he has two attacks. The first attack, he sacrificed a trip. And because of a feat I have, I can make a free attack of opportunity ah, when I you see. when I trip. Normally, you tripping does not provoke it, but I took a feat that you tripping makes you kind of go, and it provokes. Uh, the second attack will hit based on your AC. I'm pretty so, sure if you get anything above a one, you're going to hit. What'd you say your AC was? 11. Yeah, I can't miss you. And yeah. he's prone. Yeah, I can't. And, and I cannot grappled. miss you. <laughs> no, you're not grappled. You're just on the ground. Oh, I'm just prone. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so that is and oh man, that's right. He gets that thing because this is my second attack to hit you in the round. So that's another twenty-two points of damage. Then you have to minus out your thing, mm-hmm. and an additional seven points of bleed damage as oh, is or not bleed damage. Well. Sl- slashing damage. It does. It's not bleed damage. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have oh. said bleed damage. Yeah, thank uh, God. Seven points because of his style called boar style. That it's like frenzied attackers f- tear flesh. It's called. I'm sorry. All right. So that's a net twenty three. <laughs> okay, and it is your turn. You're on the ground. Bleeding. All right. Not um, bleeding. <laughs> bleeding heavily. <laughs> um, no, just broken bone. I guess I have to try and get up. Uh, you can try to roll out of the way with like, I'd let acrobatics. you make like an escape artist or acrobatics or something, or that. you can just try to get up and provoke. I'll definitely do the acrobatics if I can. That is a 24. Where is his CMD? I just had it. Oh, he probably beat me. This is the part. Oh, oh, that's why, because it's this giant fucking thing. Um, <clears throat> what'd you get? 20 what? 24. That's his exactly. So... Uh, you meet or exceed. Yeah, <laughs> not not gonna get pulverized today. All right. Um, I can't take my full attack, so I'll take my just one attack and hope for the best. That uh, is not great. Um, you probably hit me too. I we have the same AC. Fair enough. That's uh, nineteen. Yeah, you hit me. Okay. He's an unarmored pit fighter. Fair enough. I, I have to remember that. Uh, oh, that's max. So that's uh, 13 points of damage. 
13 points of damage as what? You whack him across the face? like. Uh, I'm going to say I roll out of the way and then basically just kick his shin. I'm not trying to even trip him. I'm just trying to hit him. Okay. Uh, he's just going to... For flavor, I don't know where you are, but he's going to take a five-foot step up. I'm assuming you're relatively close because you hit him. I have to be, so yeah. He doesn't even have to yeah. do the five feet, really. Like okay, so he's walking. just he's going to step up and just come down right on you with both fists. Oh, baby. Ooh, ooh, you might... Oh, wait, no. No, I thought you had a chance to miss, but I rolled a two, and that's still a 17. Is this a no possible see how tidy is situation here? If he's using both fists? <laughs> oh, nah. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> it's suddenly a very different kind of boxing. It's a don't very look, different game. Don't look in my prison wallet. Uh, <laughs> nope, we know it's in Gotara's. Bag of holding, it's a bag of holding lesser. Don't look at it. <laughs> no, no, no. This is actually a handy haversack. Oh, that was right in front of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is 21 points of damage as he slams his right f- uh, right fist across your face. All right. And the DR is saving me here. In his left hand. Uh, yeah, well, I don't know why I'm rolling. T- can you miss me? Um, I don't know what you your AC is. You could roll a one. 11. Uh, if I roll a one, that's it, yeah. Yeah, me too. So we're just rolling for ones here, or crits. <laughs> Basically. Uh, so that is another 22 points of damage and three points of that boar damage. Tear flesh. <laughs> All right. It is your turn. Um, goody. Is he uh, considered a aberration or magical beast? <laughs> <laughs> uh, he is not, unfortunately. Can I add power attack to my claws? <laughs> yeah, you can always power attack. Oh, fucking A. All right, yeah, let's do that. He's been power attacking this whole time. Oh, he shit, was a mind flayer this whole time. Uh, no no crit, uh, That's but that's a hit. They rolled a one, 13. Um, 13 plus my 14. Yeah, it still hits. Yeah. And that is minimum damage, but with power attack, that's still pretty good. That's 5 plus 7 is 12. 12 damage, and uh, the second attack. Okay. Not a 1, but it was 2, but it still hit. And that's better for the damage. That's 9, 7, 16 points of damage. 16 points of damage. And would you like to describe your blows? Yeah, uh, I'd say as he's pulling back, that's where, you know, like, from his fists uh, and kind of raising himself back up to a normal posture, that's when Janos will kind of take advantage and try and kick him across the face, hitting one of his ears if he can, and spinning around and basically using the back of his knuckles to hit his chest. Sounds good. Uh, He's looking pretty pretty haggard. How's uh, Janos looking? Pretty dead this round, probably. <laughs> dead this round? Okay, let's see. Let's see, can I do anything else fun? Rumbles a elbow Gotara and hold out the popcorn to her. <laughs> she kind of does that thing where, like, she's clearly staring off at what's going on, but then still reaches over and grabs popcorn. <laughs> He's looking at both his feet on the guy at the same time. They're going in two different directions. I didn't know if I could fix that. Minimum damage, but 21 points of damage. Okay. Still up. Second attack. That's uh, going to be a hit, not a crit. 
Uh, same thing, 21 regular, and... Ooh, 12 points of that boar damage. Oh no, I think that's gonna put me over. Alright, let's see. If you're raging, oh, yeah. you can keep going, even if you go negative. <laughs> uh, yeah, can I, can I do that? Yeah, fuck it, why not? <laughs> it's probably not in the rules, and theoretically you should probably drop out of rage, lose your extra health, and be dead, but we're not gonna play that. Well, I, I'm happy to take it as is. No, because this is all supposed to be non-lethal damage, so instead of the damage going down, it's supposed to go up to equal yeah, your yeah. hit points, so... Okay, well then I will roll to attack. <laughs> yeah, give it a go. <laughs> uh, that's definitely a hit. I'm gonna roll for the second one at the same time. Also a hit. And that's max damage. That's Ooh. handy. Uh, 18 points of damage for the first one. Okay, wow. And... Seven plus uh, 14 points of damage for the second. Okay. How much negative are you? Oh, well, if he's not down, I'm dead. So, or yeah, but unconscious. I'm at minus nine. He's at minus no. 11. <laughs> he doesn't have any abilities that would keep him going for one extra round or not. So, when the last opponent falls to the ground, Janosch stands tall. Battered and bruised, but victorious nonetheless. Ready for whatever challenges life may throw his way next. His resolve to honor his family and get revenge for his cousin are stronger than ever. As he falls to the uh, falls to the ground with a smile on his face. As he immediately passes <sighs> out. I was about to say, as you immediately pass out as the temporary hit points drop. Rumbles <laughs> will look over at Qatar and be like, you can put the teeth back in, right? We're gonna find out, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I've never tried that. You can grow teeth, or put an eye pocket in its socket, or and whatever me. he did to his hand. Pretty sure that rib is just powder now. You know, I think I've seen steaks get pounded on worse than that. Hi. <laughs> mm -hmm. She takes more popcorn and then heads down to go put <laughs> poor Yara back together. <laughs> first before giving <laughs> what is clearly necessary medical attention yeah. to a man with severe concussion. Rumbles will go down. He's not going anywhere. Rumbles will go no, down and try not. to assist with the medical proceedings and look over at uh, him and look <clears throat> down at Yana. and go, hey, hey, how many fingers am I holding up? <laughs> Rumbles Does can't count. Rumbles even know? No. Yano's <laughs> 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 coming too. We'll go, hmm. 23? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I think he's fine. No, really. Yano, how many fingers is this? Janos <laughs> will exit the, the fighting pit from the assistance of his, his party members and his friends uh, with a wide grin across a split lip, some hair missing, and tattered and bruises across any bit of skin not covered by clothes. So I'll put in as many of the teeth as I could find, but I, you're still missing a few. You lost a lot of blood, but we found most of it. <laughs> like the cop comes out and there's like a visible chunk in it. If he dislocated his elbow, could Rumbles find it? Oh, God. <laughs> owner of the pit. The owner of the pit kind of comes over to you and says, well, I've never seen a boy like you win this fight, especially against my gladiators. Well, you, you at least deserve some of this, and he, uh, gives you a satchel full of gold. 
he kind of nods and says, <laughs> as he turns around, he kind of smirks and giggles to himself. <laughs> Gladiators. <laughs> as you're bruised and beaten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like before, I look like a Picasso painting. Yeah. <laughs> Leading down a lot, I need to get your jaw popped back in. Clack! <laughs> <laughs> What the hell was that? I don't know. I think that was Steve. Is that Nicole? Yeah. Judging by everything okay, Steve? Nope. It's pretty pretty good timing, I guess. Did the dog sleep outside? No, we'll we'll just. Nope, I'll just leave it as is. We're just going to ignore that and move on. Yep. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> oh, good! Another mystery for the inspector. Yeah. Oh, the inspector knows exactly what happened. But... <laughs> okay, so that was mistress's mistress. Yeah, pretty much. Moving on from this, uh, did anybody? Oh, well, you guys meet up afterwards. You guys are going to meet up at that tavern. Does anybody want to do anything, or do you? You still have stuff you want to do, or can do, I should say. Um, Manigold. What? What? What's that behind you? <laughs> Oh, so so this is Whoopi! this is Neela. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> it, she is she is kind of a giant puppy. She's definitely a gentle giant. Um, I found her um, being beaten in a back alley, and sh- her spirit just sort of called to me. Rumbles pulls and jerky Saren out of his Ray pocket. Saren Ray healed her. What'd you Rumbles say? Rumbles pulls jerky out of his pocket. Is immediately violently mauled. <laughs> Mila definitely wants it. Um, and Min- uh, Marigold has not spent enough time with her to tell her to take it easy. <laughs> so a couple oh. fingers might be a yeah. little. <laughs> it's okay, Rumbles. It's just like puppy snuggles. As I try to like reattach the fingers afterwards. Yeah, 100%. There might be a couple where it's like, down, no, drop it, drop it, drop it. Ow, ow, ow. Put the pinky down. Yanosh will go up to the dame and looking like a Picasso painting, shirt still off, look like shit, but he'll put his hand on her shoulder and he'll be like, I'm really happy for you. And then he'll scream out to the bartender. He's like, beer for all my friends. And the dog, too. Also a needle and thread so I can get these fingers back on. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> this Thank the, you, uh, my friends. Is that we're, we're staying at or is it uh, somewhere else? No, it's down at the it's at, down at the lower cleft. So we'll we'll bring you back some. Yeah, we'll get the inspector isn't there. He's still in his, you know. Still just kind of here from down the hallway. <laughs> well, while we're drinking the beer, the Yano should be like, everybody know the inspector's first name? He has a first name? I do not. I thought, it was I thought you guys knew his name. <laughs> I feel like we may have heard it at some point, but then God himself scrubbed it from our memory. Weird. We'll get him a to-go cup of beer. A little, ju- a little juice cup. <laughs> I was picturing like a kid's meal cup. <laughs> To go cups never <laughs> it's the Disney can... collector glass. Oh, I was thinking of the ones you can flip upside down and it won't spill, but you can use it as oh, a the straw. sippy cups. The sippy cup, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm picturing like the Hunchback of Notre Dame collector glass. <laughs> I had the Beauty and the Beast one. It was pretty. We had the Lion King one. 
<laughs> and the Aladdin. Oh, it was really creepy when they started to like disintegrate, though. Wasn't it? Was, like, it? And they just become like creatures of the night. <laughs> yep, and, and that's why we're all gonna have cancer at forty. Yep. <laughs> yep. Thanks, I buddy. I love yeah. I'll be forty in six months, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I love everybody after the after Steve, born, after the year. I think you're just stepping in shit all day today. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, hey, it's my life. Did you step in shit and bring it into the house? Is that the reason why we just heard what we heard? Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh god. Anyway. Moving on. So once um, we stitch poor <laughs> rumble. No, and while we're at um while we're at the uh, the bar, uh, Marigold will see whether or not she can get a um, any sort of meal at all for Mila. Um, any sort of table scraps, she'll pay for it. I was not uh, joking about that beer for Nila. Yeah, no, she'll, the Nila, I'm sure, would drink the beer, too, to be honest, based on where she's at. Have you ever heard of puppy beer? Um, wolves are different from puppies. They are much bigger. And can probably hold their own a little bit better. I'm not sure I want to see a drunk wolf. Neela's violently yeah, ill. Like over the I feel like you're exacerbating a problem. <laughs> I, I think, oh. as a rule of thumb, wolves are angry drunks. This is what we call driving into the skid, folks. Maybe they're like lovable drunks and they just want to cuddle up against you. With I, their teeth. You're describing yeah. children. Just playing tag with the antelope with their teeth. Come on, Sid. <laughs> let's play tag. You're it. <laughs> okay, Dennis. <laughs> Look up the movie Ice Age for anyone that knows. No one knows that movie anymore. Yeah, right. probably not. Oh, God. No, no that is knows, not true. No Katie watches Rachel it all the time. Anymore. <laughs> Katie well, does fair. love that movie. She also likes Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog, too, apparently. The movie? It's good. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they meant the game. You never know. Start him early on second Genesis and drink test. I mean, yes. Nate and I went to a park, um, like a, well, a zoo, years ago, and um, there was they had a, um, I think it was like four or five wolves, and one started howling. It was the coolest sound. Ever. It was the most bone chilling sound, but it was the coolest sound ever. Just to like hear and one like, you know, the leader obviously like started it and then like all of them joined in and they all joined in and like this super cool chorus. I was like, this is badass. There are some cool uh, They're only like sixty feet away. You're gonna cool start a hell sanctuaries in New Hampshire <laughs> yeah, no that have that and uh, it's weird. It, 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 like even though they're like Clearly behind a, a fence and all these other things, you're like, I'm gonna die. I am on Yeah, no joke. <laughs> so this is what primal fear is. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, just think about like what a poor deer feels like when they hear it's like, oh damn it. I'm thinking of what some yeah, poor schmuck feels like when he gets lost in the woods. <laughs> oh no, I'm stuck in mud. I'm stuck in mud. Well, if the dumb schmuck got lost in the woods, he probably also made the mistake to whistle in the woods. <laughs> Hi, doggy. Also, here's what deer think. They stop and stare at headlights that are coming towards them. Still bitter about that, Steve? So we're in the bar, right? I never did. <laughs> yeah, right. I was going to say, we need to segue out of this. <laughs> yeah. 
We are in a bar. That, Your rumbles fight true. down. Yeah, rumbles bite down on this while put your finger back on. Okay. <laughs> now this might hurt a lot. What am I saying, might? Boy. <laughs> ow, 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 ow. Would anyone else like to do anything else on day three? <laughs> I think I I'm pretty busy stitching these idiots back together. I pop my eye socket back in. Marigold is going to stop. Is there on the way back? I'm hoping that we can swing by the blacksmith and get Neela fitted with some wiggle for a um, some armor. Some wiggle. We're taking the drunken wolf to get armored up. Yeah, it's a great idea to get the Correct. drunken wolf measured. <laughs> <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> okay, that that's... bar is going to go back to sleep. <laughs> I love the idea that Neil is perfectly tame around Marigold, but everyone else, she's like ready. Yeah, I was going to say this is not oh, the. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, we said Sally. Precedent. I don't understand what's going on right now. <laughs> Sally Mandrix. No. Yeah, though, though Sally wasn't also wasn't very tame when Alfonso was around, so. Rumble's just keeps feeding her jerky. It's fine. Okay, I'm reattaching your finger, but not again today, okay? <laughs> Janos is gonna go back to the, where they're staying and go go to bed. Oh my god. Why do I have the feeling that Rumbles would just look up and go to her and be like, but I have this many more. Have <laughs> <laughs> more when he sticks back on. <laughs> it's a convenient way not to count. <laughs> like, you're not wrong. <laughs> I've got at least seven more chances. He only has two fingers. <laughs> oh, God. Thumbs up. He's he holding up it. his index finger. Yeah. Oh, well. well, at least he kept his pants on when he said that. That's fair. I'm going to move ahead to day four unless anybody else has anything they want to do. Nope. Please and thank I'm you. Good. Oh, sorry. Uh, day three, uh, the flowers. Roll a flower check. You see red roses again. Not Can as many my, this time. My D120. Cal's <laughs> running out of money. You know what? Jesse, why don't you roll me a D100 for weather? I haven't done that's that in less, a while, and I just noticed my... Uh, there's a part of me that would D120 like to think... Minus <laughs> you know what? Roll me a D120. If you get something funky, it'll be fun. 80. 80. According to my chart, uh, 80 is a rainy day... Just 80 flat? Yeah. Oh, then it's a rainy day and it's kind of cold. Did you guys hear when I rolled the dice? Listen to that. <laughs> We're rolling a golf ball. No, it's bigger than a golf ball. <laughs> you can kill me at that. This is a golf ball. <laughs> this is a D20. This is a D120. Jesus. For the listeners, it's at least five times as big. And pointy. <laughs> Enjoy Jesse, I think you need to take a picture picks. of that. Yeah, that's... <laughs> yes. I'll take a picture on the D120. Okay. Uh, what did you use a 120 for? I got it as a present for officiating a wedding. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out what you would roll it for. I think it's just Divorce. There. Anyway, uh, so day three ended in red roses, meaning don't meet. 
I'd like to think we've like accidentally helped rebuild their relationship. Like she has no idea that all these roses are for us. So she thinks he's making an effort. And like tangentially, <laughs> like that florist is pumped doing so well now. Like they were about to close up shop, but now they've been saved by this mystery man who buys flowers every day. The Hashtag small business. Marriage and a small business. Support, yep. support small businesses. We really are heroes. <laughs> And we murdered a justice. <laughs> Details. Can we be the? Can our group name be the BBB, like Better Business Bureau? Because all we try and do <laughs> is save small and failing businesses. All right. Do you sure Scrap you save them? <laughs> or at least help. Have you them. gone to Pug's contraption? Oh my god. <laughs> no, but if it, no, but if are we get to day four. Are we on day four? Uh, yes, but I'm looking for something because I actually had a florist shop named in all those people that were murdered in the town, and now I want to find the name. So, talk oh amongst God. yourselves. Alright, keep vamping. Harumph, 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 harumph. I didn't get a harumph out of that guy. Give the governor harumph. 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 Watch your ass. <laughs> Yo, crazy bitch. On day four, um... Miniri, uh, yep. Marigold's <laughs> going to uh, do some training with Neela. I think the inspector comes out, sees the wolf for the first time, and he's like, Ah, oh, that is uh, the rare specimen. You don't often see one-headed orthos. Usually they have two. He then looks, looks under. Never mind, that is a female wolf. <laughs> For some reason, I'm picturing her like clamped onto your leg the whole time. <laughs> I'm presuming the inspector is in, in as much shock as you were the night that mischief scared the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah, look, four o'clock is not a good time for a German shepherd to come charging out of your living room and tackle you. I think Especially when you don't have a dog! <laughs> I See, I was right. better trained than this, <laughs> I was right, and it's even in the low cleft district. It's in the correct district. It's called Floral and Hardy. Oh! Nice! Oh, that physically hurt. <laughs> but it's been in there since those are the people that died. Steve did the reading as the inspector. Floral and Hardy. <sighs> Definitely saving that that business. Nobody had that written in their notes somewhere? Shockingly, no. that, we missed no. that, apparently. No. God, guys. Okay. I'm sorry. Day four. What do we want to do on day four? Recover from that pun. Marigold and Neela are going to train, and Marigold's going to make sure that um, Neela gets a bath. Okay, we will do handle animal checks off air. Absolutely, that's fine. Anybody else doing anything day four? Yeah. Um, gonna I'm going to head down to Pugs, but pro- it's going to be later that evening. Okay, so we can skip through the daytime sometime. Uh, Pugs does close, you do know that, so. Well, the notion was to kind of catch him as he was closing. Oh, yeah, that's you fine. Just Yano scare some shopkeeper. You know, that always worked out. You know, I, f- I feel like I can handle this myself, since this is partially me, you know, apologizing for the scene that you and the Frenchman made. So yeah, the hell's a Frenchman? And he's also and Janos is like, what ski? <laughs> uh, Janos will go check the flowers. That's about all he'll do today. So, 
Gotara's gonna grab the um that bottle of booze that she bought and head down. Okay, so I won't repeat everything I said earlier as you make your way down through the low cleft and the Keystone District, down through Kyver's Islet and across to Ordelia. You finally find yourself at Pug's Contraption. And are you hanging outside waiting for him to like close shop and come out front, or are you gonna go in while the shop's open? I'm going in. Okay. So as you go inside, uh, you once again find yourself in this knick-knack, paddywhack, clockwork shop. Wow, I actually had to write that down at one point. Karen, did you give your dog a bone? He's a good puppy. She is a good boy. <laughs> what? I... I'm just kidding. Any who? <laughs> yeah. Genders are confusing anymore. I can't speak on this. So you walk into the shop and you can see this man in the back there just tinkering away and, you know, trying to figure out what's going on, what he's doing and trying to get stuff together before he apparently is going to close up. So kind of like quietly, like rap on the side of the on like the side of the door to see if I can get his attention. Yes. Yes. Who is it? I double. I believe we, I was in here a few days ago. You, you may remember I was here with a few acquaintances of mine. And he spins around quick and he does that trope where he's wearing like the big magnifying glasses. He's like, oh, God, oh, and he flips him up. Yes. Oh, you. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I Very am friends. Far away. Hmm. So um, I actually wanted to swing by and apologize. They're, they're a nice, a nice enough bunch, though. They can be a wee bit rough around the edges. Well, yes, yeah, yeah, that's probably the best way to put it. You you didn't need to sugarcoat it. Trust me, I'll spend 12 hours a day with them. Anyway, I wanted to bring something by a little, something for help, and I say earlier, she pulls out the bottle of booze. Ooh, what's that? Well, this is about the closest thing to proper dwarven whiskey I've been able to find in this rat hole. And I was thinking perhaps... If you have a wee bit of time after you after you've closed up, we could crack her open and maybe discuss some of your work because this is some of the finest work that I have seen since I left the Anderhof, and it's been a wee while since I've been home. Hmm. I normally don't take drinks from unannounced dwarven women, <laughs> but today I'll make an exception. <laughs> All I can think is announced dwarven women. Totally fine. <laughs> He's going to give her okay. his invention. Correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't he also like old enough to be her grandfather? <laughs> no, he's not old. You're also a dwarf. But as I put it, I was about to say, I might actually be, might be chronologically older than he is, but I'm pretty sure he's physically older than I am. So like he's going to, he has toys. <laughs> he's going to recommend a bar around the corner. And he says, meet me there in 10 minutes. I got to close up shop. Oh, sure. I'll see you there. <laughs> And so you leave and uh, you walk into this quiet little bar. It's a few people bustling around. You know, it is that evening time. You do get a few bar patrons in there. You find a few high tops and some booths if you want to go sit there. Do you? Where do you choose to sit? Just find somewhere to sit. Just like a small... I'm sorry, I saw the thing Josh sent a minute ago. <laughs> Finds the dark, uh, dark corner by a single candle. Just find, like, one of the tables somewhere and ask for a couple of glasses. For those who can't see it, Josh just found his gift, and it says, 
<laughs> rumbles to Neela, and it is an ostrich chasing a giraffe. <laughs> I can't it just says, let me love you. <laughs> I couldn't get to that part. <laughs> I know, you can breathe. I, I had to say it for you. The... The, the wings on the Oscars. Yeah, that's what makes it work. <laughs> like, it's like doing the Naruto run. <laughs> okay. I just pictured like the heavily bald bloody mess I'm going to find when I walk up back into the inn. I'm playing with the puppy. Gnawing <laughs> <laughs> on his neck. <laughs> <laughs> he turns around, claw marks down the back. Oh my god. Is Rumble's gonna start a whole line of dog treats now? Yes. Or he's gonna wind up with a rabies, one of the two. <laughs> They're people flavored. Okay, so after a, a few moments, you know, the mm-hmm. ten minutes go by or so, and after a few extra moments, you finally do see this gentleman, Morgamer yeah. Pug, walk into this establishment. He looks around and he does spot you. And he kind of saddles up to the table, jumps up into the seat, and goes, Ah! Did, did you bring the bottle? She holds it up, of course. Ooh, yes. Mm. <laughs> Wait, they, they let you pour it here? Yeah, but they don't see it kind of hurt him. <laughs> Last thing open pours it out. <laughs> Says the lawful character. I'm neutral. <laughs> Oh, I thought you were lawful. I am neutral good. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool. Uh, Does not care. So he looks at it first and sniffs it and kind of like... <laughs> kind of looks at it and he goes, Oh, uh, yes. Um, you know, the congratulations are in order, actually. Oh, really? Yes, your friend there. I've had so many people come up and tell me that they've stopped by my shop because of some woman. <laughs> Oh, I yes, the dame. <laughs> I she, well, she felt a wee bit bad about things go the way things went down, and I know she's been doing her best to try and promote you a wee bit. Well, yes, but they all described this one woman. I mean, I, I normally do get all sorts of people talking about my work, but nothing like that so frequently. I so what precisely have they been saying? Oh, just that they've heard from her that to come check me out, and they never heard of my shop before. I. I was flabbergasted that they've never heard of the best tinkerer in all of Magnamar, but, you know, I don't spend much on advertising. I will. Unfortunately, my experience, fine craftsmanship often goes underappreciated up here. Very true, very true. But fine whiskey does not go to waste around here. How about we have that drink now? Oh, it's already poured. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, but he was, like, waiting for you. Oh, yeah, she downs it in, like, five seconds. Oh, yeah, he takes it, too, and he's like, whew, <laughs> ooh, that tickles. Uh, finally. <laughs> this is the weirdest first date ever. <laughs> that is not true. I saw a first date once of people playing chess in a bar, and the guy was correcting her on what moves she was making. That's the weirdest oh, that first date. Oh, that, that, that was amazing. <laughs> wow. I was sitting at the bar, and I was I looked over at Nina. I was like, are they playing chess? And he's like, yep. I said, does she know how to play chess? He's like, nope. I said, is she, he letting her win? No, he's not. <laughs> I was like, oh, it's Third over. cringe. Mm-hmm. They've been married for five years. <laughs> they have four children. 
So what Gotar is going to do, she's going to like try to chat him up a bit about like the work that he does, the materials he uses. What she's really looking for is just she misses being able to ch- talk shop with another craftsman. And he obliges you for a while, but you notice that he keeps grabbing the bottle and pouring himself a drink. It's a matter of how much yeah, you'd I mean, let him. He, he's not he's not looking for you for like mm-hmm. acceptance to do it. He's just grabbing it. Oh, I don't think she would care one way or the other. <laughs> but and, just and he goes on for talking about all these things and talking about everything he does in the city and how nobody appreciates him and how he's, you know, nobody really takes my craft seriously. They all they want to talk about is the golem works in the city. And yeah, they do fine work over there. But come on, I mean, anybody can make a golem. It's a golem. How can you how can you screw that up? But to put something together with all the cogs and the wheels to the point where it's like living and breathing and mechanical and moving and it moves all these things. Like, how can you do that? It's not magic. It's science. I will. You had that wee little thing that you were tooling around with when we were in there. Oh, that thing. I'm glad to be rid of that thing. Well, you finally sold it. Oh, yes. Some old elven gentleman came in and bought it the other day. Older elven? Really? Which one was he? (laughs) I don't know. I didn't ask his name. Well, I'm glad you finally got rid of the blast thing, if nothing else. Although it was a we- it was an impressive piece of machinery, I must admit. Oh, it was. That's why I acquired it in the first place. Well, that wasn't an original. Well, it was. I my father helped me make it when I was a boy. Uh... <laughs> I thought I wanted a companion. It turned out to be stupidly annoying. <laughs> well, let me guess. Tore up your room a few times. No, just the thing would not shut up. It doesn't require sleep. Anyone else getting Furby flashbacks? Um. He kept trying to crawl into places. I'm glad uh, Yano's not there. <laughs> yeah, this is like the this is a really awkward first date. When's he going to ask her back to his room? I say, it's the episode of Twilight Zone. But Do you want to see good. Pug's contraptions? <laughs> she wants to see his contraptions. She really that does. Probably includes a cock ring of some kind, right? Mechanical, possibly, in nature. It's a plus two. Wrong game, Jesse. (laughs) We've we've already had that. (laughs) At any rate, yeah, that's the evening would pretty much just proceed like that. Her trying to talk, her just trying to talk shop, shop with them, and probably getting progressively drunker as they go along. Oh, and he would, and he'd be a sloppy mess by the end of the night. (laughs) All right, so we're just going to assume they hook up. Do we just fade out on the bar there? No, no, I I want the hookup described in detail. Yeah, they, they don't hook up, but I would imagine she like at least make sure he gets home in one piece. That's not up to you. DM. <laughs> uh, let's roll for a hookup. <laughs> uh, roll a D100. What is, what is happening? You know what? Rob, I want you to... Okay. We're going to... Okay, Nate, you want to go there? I was trying to scare your delicate No, 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 I'm trying to think of a way to do this that makes zero sense, but also is mathematically correct. Let's see. Given how you blue screened when Takua walked into that brothel, I didn't think you'd want to go here, but... Steve, roll me a D4. A D4? Alright. If you get a one, he just comes his pants and leaves. Uh... Okay, Steve doesn't have a D4 yeah. handy. Two, okay. Yeah. Rob, roll a D20. Okay. <laughs> 20. Okay. Jesse. Yeah, I got a nat 20 on that. <laughs> roll your D120. If you get less than the two times 20, which is 40, they hooked up. Go for three. 119. 
<laughs> no, I said less. I said less. It was almost a one. <laughs> right next to each other. So which one nineteen is definitively they did not. Yeah, no. Oh, oh well. Worth shot. Okay, so as Gotara gets drunk with Morgamer Pug into the night, is anybody else doing anything else? Handling my animal. Really in front of everybody? I don't know what you call it. I don't yep. think you should use that term. I'm sorry. <laughs> Your husband's right here. I mean, come on. You're putting this on the internet. But she's definitely she again, she's gonna try and make sure that Mila is really well fed. She's gonna make sure that she gets a bath. Get all um, the rumble. A nice comfy off. bed. You know, as best she can possibly like she's gonna try and pamper this pup for a little bit, try and keep you know, rumbles away from her a little bit so she can get some rest. <laughs> so she's <laughs> he's not like flapping at her all the time. Rumbles right there. Does that wolf have a beer belly? <laughs> no, not to, not to the point where she's going to get sick or anything, but just tries to treat her as best she can. Okay. Sounds good. So that's where we'll close up on day four. We will pick it up on day five next time, guys. Thank you very much. And we'll see you then. Hi, Nate here, but you may know me as the Benevolent GM. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Split the Party on the Poor Decisions Network. We would love for you to like, star, rate, or review on whatever streaming service you are using. And if you like what you hear, please support us on Patreon. Your help can bring new members who are still lost in the forest. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Split the Party on the Poor Decisions Network. This has been a presentation and interpretation of Paizo's Rise of the Rune Lords Adventure Path and background music by Sirenscape. Join us next time! <laughs>